There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York. You want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. Welcome along to The Rest is Football. Um, I'm Gary Lineker and I'm joined, of course, by Alan Shearer and Micah Richards, reflecting on the highs and lows of the opening weekend. Premier League football is back. And um, we actually had the pleasure of watching uh, most of the opening weekend together, uh, didn't we? It was lovely, wasn't it, Gary? Yeah. Um, We've seen a lot of each other. Yeah, it's been, it's been good, though. I think I've, I've done the rounds this week, though. I mean, mm. Burnley you... started off on a... 12 hours in a match of the day that I was doing Sky yesterday. I've done the rounds. I saw Micah Roy had his sandwiches yesterday, didn't he? (laughs) Did he bring his own sandwich? Prawn cocktail. Were they prawn cocktail sandwiches or prawn? It was was hilarious. So when you at the live games and whatnot, and when we do live games, the food's always got to be good. Uh, I went to Chelsea and they had some really good lasagna, actually. And then... I see Roy like walking over to, to to his bag, thinking that he's gonna I don't know gonna get some sort of like I don't know snack or a, a protein bar or chocolate or whatever. Packet of Walker's salt and vinegar. What maybe. Seabrook maybe. <laughs> yeah. Hey. So he, he walks over, <laughs> and he's got it sort of like in this little foil or what do you call that? It's foil, right? You know, tin like foil. Wrap, yeah, yeah tin, silver tin foil, foil yeah. Silver, silver foil. And he's opening it up, and I'm going to think, he's got a treat for us. And it's the worst possible <laughs> ham sandwich, which was just so bland. And I thought it was going to be something special, and it was just a, a rubbish ham sandwich. I, I put it on social media, and like, what on God's earth is this? I thought it was bringing us something nice, and it was a like a grown man bringing a packed lunch. Well, it's like going to, to school. <laughs> <laughs> Felt like I was, I don't know, being dropped off by my dad or something. It was weird. Alan, what a weekend for you, though. First Kane departs, uh, then Newcastle banging five, top of the league. Then it's your birthday on Sunday. How did you celebrate your birthday, Alan? What a perfect weekend, eh? It was amazing. Yeah, um, yeah I'm slightly worse for wear this morning, Gary. You know, it was one of those where he got out for lunch and my uh, my mate said to me at about seven o'clock, come on, we can't go home yet. We can, let's go to the pub and have a couple. And it was one of those where I just I should have said no, I've had enough. And then two or three pints of Guinness in, I thought, yeah, I'm going to regret this in the morning. So I'm slightly fuzzy this morning. So apologies if I get any of my words wrong. <laughs> uh, we'll forgive you for that. Um, delighted with Newcastle, though, probably. 
Yeah, I thought uh, I, I thought they were amazing. I mean, we all said we thought uh, Aston Villa were going to have a, a, a really good season. Will we will we change our mind now after what we saw on on Saturday? I think it was a case of Newcastle being really really good, and I think I think Villa suffered when. Um, when Tyrone Mings went off with that, uh, what it looks like a serious knee injury. Um, I think everyone sort of were, were hurt by that, and I can understand that, and I think that really affected them. But I thought Newcastle were superb. Actually, Alan, as um, as you mentioned uh, the Mings injury, I mean it's an injury. If it is the a, a crucial injury, which I mean it did, it did look nasty, and let's hope he gets a quick uh, recovery and back playing again not too long. Um, someone who's suffered that injury. Um, how did you do yours? It was it was similar to what how he did it. You know, often the worst ones are the, um, the are the ones where there's no one really around you, or it's not a bad tackle. It was just a mine was similar to his. I was running through on goal um, and against Leeds United. John Lukage was the goalkeeper. You remember him? And we just went up for a challenge, and I sort of land, landed awkwardly. And and I I mean I got up. I was in pain. I got up, and I I wasn't like Tyrone was at the, at the weekend where he looked. He was in agony. I wasn't really in agony, but I felt I felt something go. I felt something pop, um, and sort of tried to carry on for the next few minutes. Uh, but I realised it was it was no good. And that that then was a could have been a career ending injury, but I think. Most injuries now you can you can sort of get by even if you have to be out for for a period of time like the seven months I was um, long hard days in the physio room with the doctors and the physios mm. and you're hardly seeing your teammates and you just want to get out on the training pitch and you feel as if at times there's no light at the end of the tunnel and then all of a sudden you get back on the grass and you start kicking that ball again and then you get the you get the feel of it again but it's not going to be easy anyone that has a serious injury it's it's really really tough Gary, have you had any um, major injuries? Only right at the end of my career in, in Japan, when I with with my toe, which is it's quite quite a long story. It's quite amusing in a way, but um, I was pl- I'd I'd never been out longer with injury um, than two weeks in my whole career until I went. Wow, to, to, that's amazing! It was it was yeah, genuinely nuts. Um, got very lucky. Mind you, you never put a fucking tackle in, so I'm not surprised. <laughs> exactly, that's a good point, Alan. I got kicked a bit though. <laughs> But it's not the kicks that hurt you or cause the bad injuries normally, unless you're really unlucky. But I was, you know, I was playing at Tottenham in the, um, a European game. Just, and I'd already agreed to sign for Japan for the Japanese club Grampus Eight for the f- like. But there was going to be an eight-month gap at the end of the season. It was all planned. There was still half a season left to go at Spurs. I was coming up to 32, and um, we were playing a second leg of a European tie at White Hart Lane, and the. And I was in at half-time and we were cruising. We were well up. We were going through. And I remember saying to Peter Shreve, who was then the, the, the coach at Spurs, saying, oh, you know, played a lot of football. If you, you know, manage me a bit, get, you know, can I come off in a few, you know. He went, give me five more minutes. And I went, okay, fine. Yeah, so I played five minutes, then 10 minutes, and then 15 minutes. And I'm looking at the bench going, what? And he went, one more, one more minute, right? So then the ball goes through. I've... I think I can just nick it in front of the keeper and I just get my toe there. Keeper slides out and hits me with the bottom of his foot on the end of my toe and it kind of shattered the cartilage. Um, and I was I was in agony. I went straight off. and then, But I did keep playing stupidly and with injections and painkillers stuff and I played through to the end of the season. Um, and at the end of the season, I had eight months till I went to Japan, so I had a little operation where they shaved the, like a bit of the 
top of the bone off and they said it would help. It didn't help very much, to be honest. In fact, I remember the surgeon saying to me, he went, don't worry, I can make any injury worse. <laughs> I thought, well, that's comforting. Thank you very much. Uh, it certainly didn't make it better. Um, and then I got to Japan and I played, you know, pre-season, went through it, and it was it was okay. I was managing, but then I got a pain in the toe next to the other toe, like getting these little sharp pains every now and again. I thought, this is weird. So I went to the uh, Japanese doctor and he, he said, well, we'll do an X-ray. And he looked at it and he said, well, yeah, I'm, I'm can't see anything you look okay it's probably maybe a tendon thing we'll give you a little painkiller when you go out again I say, here we go again painkillers so then i played this we played this game it's like five six games into the start of the season and um about 40 minutes in i suddenly get this like my foot goes kind of spasms it was it was like turned into like a hook but there was no pain or anything it just felt really weird and i couldn't run get in at half time say to the doctor i went God, my, this weird feeling in my foot. It's like all spasmed. He went, oh, that's odd. He had looked at it and he went, maybe when I put painkiller in that I might have hit a blood vessel or something. I went, oh, really? That's <laughs> odd. Anyway, so so at the end of the half-time break, I'm starting to get that. I'm starting to sweat in the pain. I'm starting, And so I go out the second half and within 30 seconds, I'm in absolute agony. I thought, like, what the hell is going on here? I'm, and I had oxygen. I was taken off and it whizzed me straight to the... At hospital and what I'd done was I'd basically snapped the toe in half Ouch. so I go to the doctor the next day and I went have you still got those x-rays from last week because I thought I saw something <laughs> but I didn't say anything because what the hell do I know about reading x-rays so he's gone yes of course and he put them up and I went you see that little mark there on and he went he went ah yes this may be a stress fracture <laughs> I went, oh, great. So you stuck a painkiller into my stress fracture. <laughs> Snapped the joint, three months playing, and then my, my toe raised. The, the, when it healed, it healed fine. But I was, then my old injury was in agony again. I told you it was a long story. Then my old injury was in agony again. I couldn't even have the bed sheet on my foot. It was that painful. So then I spoke to the job. I said, I'm struggling here. Can I go? I, maybe if I go to London, they were going, no, we can't do that. They were worried about losing face. And I said, well, what about I find the best foot surgeon in the world so they went okay so I found him in America a guy called Lowell Scott Wild a specialist did the Chicago Bulls so I go there and, he's, and he looks at my foot and he goes what's happened is when you, you've broken the other toe it's raised and it's put way more pressure on your major joint which he said is actually completely mush you're screwed he said I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to fuse your joint um, and I went what, do I have to do this? He said, well, you'll either be in agony or you'll do this, and it's up to you. I said, will I play again? He went, maybe in eight months you might get, he Oof. said, but it won't be quite the same. Wow. So, Micah, so that was he it. was actually knackered before you went. There was no way he was turning that money down. He knew his toe was knackered before you went there. <laughs> I, 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 I signed just before that, just before I got the injury, Alan. How dare you doubt me? <laughs> What's the worst injury you had, Mike? Was there a moment in a match where you went, oh, no. Snapped yeah. his eyelash. <laughs> no, he, get, I, I, he gets that trimmed about three times a week <laughs> along with his hair no I, I've had various different injuries but there was the injury I had was against uh, Swansea um, and I've had problems with my knees but I didn't have like Alan a cruciate I had um, it was my outside so it's called the, the lateral meniscus 
and basically it's just bone and bone. Cartilage injury. Yes, yeah, cartilage yeah. injury. The little pad in between, I have no longer got that. And I went to kick a ball, absolutely shanked the ball, sort of miss hit it, and yeah. I just felt my knee go. I was trying to straighten my knee, but it was just locked mm. in a in a bent position. And it was at that time I knew my career at City was in doubt because Zabaleta was behind me, but he was he was sort of just there, ready. Yeah. And I knew if I was out the team for more than a week or two, yeah. he was go- he's gonna pounce. And he I'm pounced. A- he really did. <laughs> but I'm I'm one of them people who always try to see the the positive in anything that I do. But it's the only time really yeah. where I've been bit down. Yeah, in a, in a different headspace where I don't know what to do. Normally, I've always got the answers in terms of making myself feel better, but that was the one time where I just thought, I don't know what to do because it's almost like I'd I'd been defeated. Mm. And, you know, for anyone who's listening, who's who's got an injury, just, just keep going because it yeah. does get better. It does take time, yeah. but it does get better. Yeah. It's, um, looking back at the, the weekend... Um, few talking points and I was quite interested yesterday because we talked about it when we worked on Match of the Day didn't we on Saturday night with um, um, Harlan's um, Pep Guardiola team talk that he got on the Mm. pitch at half time and then we had Mo Salah yesterday obviously very very upset at being um, taken off Um, were you ever I mean you had issues didn't you when um, Hullet left you out the side Um, and so kind of you didn't have a tantrum publicly, though, did you? Probably did it behind closed doors. No, um, I mean I didn't like what Pep did on Friday evening. Um, you, you say whatever you want to me in the dressing yeah. room. Have a pop at me, shout at me, scream at me, call me whatever you want. Tell me whatever I've done wrong. But in the dressing room, in front of the lads, don't come over and grab my arm and pull me back and in front of the crowd when there's thirty thousand there. And then then he pushes the camera away as if to say yeah. get away. Well, he knows the cameras are on him. He knows the cameras are going to be on him. He's done it for a reason, but I wouldn't have liked that at all. I would have told him where to go. Honestly, I would have, I would have, I'd have been raging at that myself. Yeah, it it, it is unusual. I mean, I, I mean, did you ever snap at a manager on the on the touchline? I did it. I, I used to do it times, occasionally. Yeah. I used to do it when um, you know when managers are on the touchline. You're playing on a bumpy pitch or a <laughs> mud bath. Well, you don't. You you didn't. Playing Rarely. those kind of pitches well, yeah, that we used few. to play, <laughs> and balls back, they whack some some centre half knocks it into you, and the, you've got a big centre half behind you as well whacking you, and then yeah. the ball bounces off you, and that and you all you ever hear from the side of the pitch from the manager is hold it up, hold it <laughs> yeah. up, and I used that used to get me, especially if it was a shit ball in it's bouncing all over the place, and I, I often that's the only thing that made me snap. I used to yeah. I used to turn to somebody say I used to say you fucking try holding it up out here, <laughs> <laughs> and all that kind of that kind is of right. stuff. The same that they say. Yeah. I remember the manager shouting, Keep hold of that fucking ball. And I've looked over and said, Fuck off. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's, it's, um, I don't, honestly, it's, it's part and parcel of the game. You can yeah. shout and scream as much as you want, but say what you have to say in the, uh, in the dressing room, not in front of 30,000 or in yeah. the front of the TV cameras. I know how driven he is. I know he wants perfection, like we all do, but um, not that. I didn't like that. What about Mo Salah, Micah? I mean, we get, strikers do get frustrated at being taken off because most of the goals scored, I think, generally are in the in the last few minutes. So you always think you're going to get a goal, and he's driven by that fact. Yeah, I, I think with Salah, it was 
I was looking when when he was leaving the pitch if he was going to shake the person because that's the ultimate disrespect. So if you're having a tantrum and you go off the pitch yeah. and you don't shake the, the person's hands who's coming on, in this case it was Harvey Elliott, I think mm-hmm. he was, he shook his hand and then he kept going yeah. and then throw. So I, I don't mind that because no. I, I, that's passion. I had a similar issue uh, with, with Stuart Pearce. He's obviously a hero. He's mm-hmm. a, a legend of, of the game. Great and man. We was away down at Reading and I just remember we signed Hassan Trebelsi. It was he was a winger, wing back and right back. And all the lads were teasing me saying, He's gonna take your place, he's gonna take your place. But I didn't I didn't think he was genuine competition because I thought he was gonna play ahead of me as the game goes on. You know, it's one of those things, and it probably didn't happen to Hugh and Allen a lot. But when you know you're not having the best game, but you're not playing bad, when the board goes up, you just have a little glance <laughs> like, is it, is it, is it me who's going up? They yeah. didn't have a board in my day, Michael. <laughs> what? What? You should just point you <laughs> off. It just says the second I'm that old. And then, I, 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 you know, everything goes in slow motion. It's different for, for you two, but for me, I didn't, well, I was short of my play. So I turned around as I looked. I seen number number two. <laughs> As I see number two, I'm absolutely raging. <laughs> I walk over, I take my shirt off, I throw my shirt <laughs> on the floor. <laughs> I, it, was, it was absolutely, but I was only young at the time. Mm. And it was just that moment where I understood what Salah was going through yeah. in terms of making it about myself, but... Ultimately, it was about the team and then Stuart Pearce pulled me in his office. I bet he did. Wow, <laughs> I've never had a dressing down like that. <laughs> if you ever fucking do that again, I'm going to fucking have you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like... Oh, my, yeah, to be honest, like, I wouldn't take Stuart Pearce on <laughs> no, even, no, even never, with your strength, Mike. Never, never again. Yeah. There's such a reaction though, isn't there? When you know, when people, I, I get it, I understand it. You don't want to come off. You're meant to be all this nice guy. I mean, the way the game is today, isn't it? You're meant to shake his hand and shake his hand where it's actually, it's not a nice feeling. It's a horrible feeling that he's taking you off, especially, I think, for a forward in the last 15 minutes or whatever it is, 20 minutes, there's goals out there, isn't there? That's when a lot of the goals are scored because everyone's getting tired, make mistakes. So you don't want to be taken off. And it always makes me laugh at the reaction of people are saying, oh, he shouldn't do that, he's doing this. I get it, I understand that. You want to be on the pitch. Mm. Absolutely. Um, talk about not wanting to get taken off. Um, it was the Romero thing at the, at the weekend yesterday um, when he um, obviously scored the goal and then got taken off because he had a kind of knock on the head. It was interesting what um, Postacoglu said, um, that he wanted to protect players. I know it's quite an important issue for you, Alan, because the, 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 mm. you did a documentary on, on the whole yeah. thing. That was, that was unusual and unusually um, sensible in a way, wasn't it? Yeah, um, I've not seen that too many times, to be honest. Um, I was surprised at what he did uh, in a good way. And it, I think it sh- certainly should happen uh, more often. Um, I mean, there is the uh, there is the the argument that there should be independent doctors away from your own doctor so he can make a decision because obviously you've got your own interests or your, your, your club's interests at heart. And the manager's staring down at you as a doctor because the manager, more often than not, wants the player... To, to be on the pitch, to stay on there. So it was it was pretty refreshing to see Postacoglu do that, yeah. I think it was good because he took the responsibility. 
If I was on that, that pitch there, there have been times where I've been hit on the head many, many times and I've said, I'm not, I'm not coming off. I'd rather run through brick walls. Yeah. And the manager just said, no, you're off, make the change. And it was the, the right thing to do. Let's talk Newcastle for a minute, Alan. Jeez, I, I, I was wondering when we are going to get on to that. <laughs> Top of the league. <laughs> Top of the league. They were brilliant. What what a day. Um, my son, obviously we sat and watched it in the uh, in the studio together, us three. My son was at the uh, at the ground. He was in the safe standing area, actually, at the Gallagher end, and he said it was just amazing. A test of the final analysis <laughs> will now be conducted. Fucking hell, let's make it open his wallet. <laughs> this concludes the test. Oh. Thank you for your attention. Oh, well, that was um, that was exciting. We've got to keep that in, haven't we? Well, yeah, <laughs> just, just just to tell you, how Mike and I are actually in in, in a proper studio together in London uh, today, and um, Alan's at his home. So um, that was actually our end, Alan. That that, <laughs> that that fire alarm. Yeah, as I was saying, my son was uh, my son was at the uh, at the game on the Gallagher end, and he said the atmosphere was just amazing. Um, and it was, uh, I mean, what what a day for the debutants. Um, Tonali, what a performance! Got scored after six minutes, I think. Um, and then Harvey Barnes coming on, goal and assist. Anthony Gordon was brilliant. Isak, they just couldn't handle him. I think the second half performance, going down the hill towards the Gallagher end, it was amazing. So to to score five in the way they did, I mean, there's a lot of expectation. There's a lot of can Newcastle do what they did last season? Um, that's a bloody good start, and it was. It was good to watch. Hold on. One of the earlier pods that we did, you was playing down Newcastle, saying I'm not sure yeah. what they're going to do. And now, they've won one game. No, no, I didn't say I wasn't sure what they were going to do. I said I had them in fifth. But how which, could you have them in fifth? No belief. Which will probably be enough to get into Champions League football if they finish fifth. When you look around at what everyone's, or what they've done, I mean, Chelsea have spent ridiculous money. Liverpool have improved. They're going to hope they're going to sign another midfielder, or they're desperate for another midfielder. What Man United have spent, what Man City have spent. So yeah, it's going to be tough for them. Says to finish a team with a Richie's elders. You've got some finan- financial <laughs> fair play, we, Micah. Micah, shall we get the violin out <laughs> oh, for no. him? No, I mean, really, what's going? On? But actually, we, you're talking about great debuts um, there, um, which brings us to the chance to talk. What was your What was your best ever debut? Didn't you score? Was that a hat trick? Well, or? let me tell you, Mr. Lineker. Yes, I think I am still the youngest player to score hat trick in top flight. And that was on my debut. I know it was, which is which yeah. is quite an achievement. It's downhill from there, though, isn't it? it really, all the 17 way. Seventeen against Arsenal at yeah. the Dell. Can you remember? Mike it? has probably never heard of the Dell. Have you heard of the Dell, Micah? Yeah, only because we did it in the before. We've had it. this conversation before. Just, but I didn't know what the Dell was before. Now, <laughs> yeah, the Dell, old Southampton, seventeen-year-old against Arsenal. Yeah, scored a hat trick on my debut. That must have been amazing. Never scored for the rest of the fucking season, though. So yeah. <laughs> How many games did you live play? Up to the hype. How many games did you play that season? <laughs> played about. I played. I think I played about another seven or eight. But I, yeah. it was in April, mm. so there's seven or eight games left. But I, I never scored again that season. What was your best debut, Ooh. Mike? Or did you have a good one? Yeah, it, it was. It was. I grew up an Arsenal fan, didn't I? Yeah. So um, not a lot of people know that actually, because I went to Manchester. 14, everyone thinks I'm a mank, but I'm actually a Leeds lad. And I love Thierry Henry and, and Vieira. Mm. And my debut was um, Highbury away. And 
just as an Arsenal fan, being in the team and then... Because when, when, when you you travel, or when we travel back then, you always used to bring, like, 21 players or two more who, if anyone gets injured or if anyone's ill, they're coming to the team. So I had no, no clue that I was going to be on the bench that uh-huh. day. So I thought I was just going to be one in, in the stand. Then I just remember Pierce reading out the... Uh, you know, the starting lineup and then the bench, you know, because you're not even really, yeah. you're thinking, we're thinking about what pies we're going to eat. Because when you were, <laughs> it was, when, you, when you're that age, I, I, was, I was 17, you don't think you're going to be involved. You know, you're doing quite well, but you're just thinking, oh, who's got the best pies? What are we going to get for, for after? Are we going to have a drink at halftime? All them sort of things. And then I was in and I was like, oh my God, I'm, I'm in. And then you, you go in and you see Thierry and Ree warming up and mm-hmm. Vieira. And not only that, Stuart Pearce brings me on. Mm. But don't bring me on as a defender. It brings me on as a striker. As a striker? I was absolutely... Did you match Alan's hat-trick on the debut? <laughs> I'm not surprised. He just goes, go up there and cause some, some fucking carnage, son. So <laughs> you know what Pearce is like? I yeah, went I up there throwing my arms and legs and everything. But I did get one chance... It come to me, I chested it down. It was um, Dennis Bergkamp-esque the way I chested it down. I then had a shot and I absolutely shanked it. Yeah. And it was, a, it was a good day for me, but it was, a, it was a shit day. Dennis the Menace-esque in the end. <laughs> exactly <laughs> that. But, uh, oh, come on. Uh, well, I'll tell you about Stuart Pearce. My, I mean, obviously, I played with Stuart, and um, I, I loved him to bits. He was a brilliant fullback for England when, when I played, and he was amazing. And, you know, we were all heartbroken when he missed that the penalty, in, obviously, in 1990, um, one of the key penalties in that shootout. And then amazing, wasn't it, when he played with Alan and he took the penalty shootout when we beat Spain. And that was one of the most emotional things. I was in the crowd and I actually had tears in my eyes because I just wanted him to score so much. Yeah. Um, but I remember playing at uh, at the city ground in, in against Forest um, when when Stuart was playing there, and you know what he's like? He's quite he's quite straight. He doesn't laugh a lot. You don't. He does, he's not. You know. You never know whether he's happy. Even when he scored a goal, he was like aggressive, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, and I, I, I played in this one game. It's the only time I've ever seen him actually laugh out loud. He had a free kick about thirty yards out, and I was in the wall. Right. So he hit this, did this long run up, and he smashed it. It went straight in my. Orchestra halls, right? <laughs> and um, I, I went down like this, and he just looked at the crowd, and he was laughing his head off. <laughs> he was going because it dumped me. Um, but yeah, in, in terms of um, um, debuts, um, I, 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 my Barcelona one was amazing. I scored after two minutes, which took the pressure off. But um, Everton was slightly different. Certainly, my home debut. We just we lost the first game of the season away at Leicester. That was my first game. Um, back at my old club and I remember at half time we were 2-0 down Everton to Leicester and Mark Bright had scored a wonder goal who took my place and um, we were 2-0 down and he, I went in t- at the old Filbert Street down the tunnel and I went in the home team dressing room didn't I? I'd been no. doing it for eight years and I walked out and they all went hey what are you doing? I've got, oh God it was the most embarrassing embarrassing thing ever and then the next game we're playing Midweek game at Goodison. It's the first game um, for Everton. They just signed me in the summer. Replaced Andy Gray, who was massively popular there at the time. And as I, I went on the pitch, and you know when you're doing the warm up, and they're reading the team numbers out, and they go like, 
you know, so, so number six, Kevin Ratcliffe, no, number seven, Trevor Stephen, number eight, Gary Lineker, and the whole crowd, boo! <laughs> Not the whole crowd, but certainly elements of it. All the other players were cheered, and I thought, oh, God, what, what have I done here? I, I didn't score until about my about the fourth game, so I was, I was getting pelters, but all was, <laughs> all was well in the end. Um, mm. Let's take a little break. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York, we want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. Welcome back to The Rest is Football with me, Gary Lineker, uh, Micah Richards and Alan Shearer. And um, let's go back to um, the Chelsea-Liverpool game. You had um, not only the interest on the pitch and it ended up a draw, but we've also got this strange thing going off the pitch with uh, Moises Caicedo, who was... um, Obviously, we all thought was going to Liverpool, and and now it it seems that it's um, done deal with with Chelsea for a hundred and fifteen million pounds. Um, these kind of kind of midfield players, holding midfield players, <laughs> they they're almost as expensive as golf scorers these days. It's ridiculous. It, it, they shouldn't be that much, but they're so mm. important to the team. Mm. If he was watching Liverpool versus Chelsea yesterday, how easy it was to go from back to front had. McAllister in there did well. Sabloshlai at times did well. But they're just missing that screening in front of the, the, the back four, back five, however you you want to call it. And it was exact same for Chelsea as well. Um, I thought Enzo Fernandez played really well, a bit more advanced the positions mm. that he was picking up. But then like Gallagher did really well, had a good game. But the the, the only reason he's, he's worth 115, 120 million is because Everybody needs that position. He's not worth that no. normally. But no one's worth bonkers. the kind of fees that are around realistically, but that's that's not what it's about. You've got to get that player. What they should have done, perhaps, was had a penalty shootout at the end of the game to see who gets it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's bonkers. Chelsea's fault anyway. As soon as they paid hundred or over hundred million, hundred and five million, whatever it was, for Enzo Fernandez. Yeah. That was the bar set. There was no way um, Declan Rice was going for lower than mm. than what they paid for him, and then of course the interest. I mean, he's, that Liverpool showed in him was only going to pump his value up. Um, I mean, Brighton have played a blinder as they normally do in in terms of their uh, their transfer business. What did they buy him for? Four million or something? Was it? Yeah, a year like ago. Yeah, eighteen months. It's ago. Not a bad profit. Was that thirty times? <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy money. But if someone's prepared to pay it, then. He's uh, he's he's gonna no, go. But he could be the difference between them getting Champions League and cementing that um, that sort of. When you look at the rest of the teams in the league and Chelsea, we all didn't know what to expect, did we? This weekend, mm. we was all they lost a lot of players, brought in a lot of players. Bringing him in gives them a basis for then. Okay, we're fighting for Champions League, and then. The window's not open. Let's bring in some some more because that's what everybody needs. I think if they get Kaiseido done, well, it looks like it's going to be done, doesn't it? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty much sealed, signed and sealed. Then I think Chelsea could be a very good 
team this year. Yeah, yeah. Poch seemed to have. You, you could see a difference from last season mm. um, immediately, couldn't you, Alan? Yeah, there's. Um, I mean, I didn't see a lot of the game. Um, saw bits of it. <laughs> he was too drunk. But... <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, me and Gary will do all the we research. Do all the work I've been, on the, I've been on the road for three days. <laughs> I wasn't pissed at that stage. <laughs> later on, I was watching the. Uh, I watched bits of it. What I saw, they looked very well organised. Looked a different, certainly a different team to what we uh, what we saw last year. Um, but I agree, Micah. I think um, with him in there. And who knows, even if they get uh, Lavia, they're on about that as well, then I, I think they'll, they'll be stronger. Yeah. What I found interesting is that suddenly kind of the more defensive-minded midfield players seem to be costing more than the, the creative midfield players, which is actually a more difficult skill. So you've got Tonali, for example, um, at Newcastle, who was fan- fabulous. What did he cost, Alan? 50? 55. And then you've got Madison at Tottenham, who also played really well and, and obviously yeah. created the first goal for free kick, um, for 40. And those players, they do the difficult things. They create yeah. opportunities to score. They'll score goals as well. It's, it's, a, it's a weird one, isn't it? I think, I, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Caicedo got two goals last season and two mm. assists. Mm. And 115 million. I mean, what on earth is going on? It is just bonkers. But he's the player that'll break it up. He's the player that'll give them a little bit of solidity to stop the ball getting into the uh, into their um, back four. So yeah, there's an important position. But my God, 115 million. It's crazy. Yeah. Anything happened over the weekend that changed your views in terms of? the title race top four anything I, I think maybe seeing Chelsea you would say perhaps they'd be closer top four than perhaps we thought they would be beforehand yes I, I think yeah. I think Chelsea I think Chelsea will be a, a very good team mm-hmm. it was always that moment in the game so the, the, the second when Salah went through and scored but he was marginally offside and, and, and Chelsea reacted in, in the right way and I was at the game and there was a positive energy, of course, first mm-hmm. game of the season, new manager, always is. But it just felt like there was a good atmosphere at Chelsea and we can't say for that for the last couple of seasons. Do you, is it is it me or... Yeah, I, th- I think the bottom half is very, very average. I think the gap is huge now between top half and bottom half. Perhaps it's the fact that the big boys have invested so much that they're going to be significantly that's better. That's how the rules, that's what the rules make it though, isn't it? That's what, it's, it, they make it really, really difficult for anyone to come in and challenge the elite. It's almost impossible to challenge the elite. And what's happening is that that gap between the elite and the others is growing and growing and getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And what we're finding now is the bottom half of the table yeah, it's it's uh, it's it is poor. Are you um, happy but, that Newcastle are in that elite, Alan? Now? Well, of course I'm happy <laughs> that Newcastle are in that elite, but they do make it almost impossible for anyone to come in and challenge that elite. Um, and it's I think it's really I don't I don't necessarily agree with it because it, back in my day we couldn't do what we did at Blackburn. It wouldn't it, it wouldn't it's not possible now for for anyone to do that. So that's how that's what they've created. Um, but I think it's I mean when you when you're looking around it. Sheffield United, Luton, Bournemouth, Wolves, Everton. Well, I've seen uh, Wolves yet. Yeah, it's a bit strong. Yeah, but I, we, I think we all know that Wolves are going to have a tough season. <laughs> I think you, you, you're probably right. Um, 
I just I want to go abroad for a little while. We don't want to just concentrate solely on on the Premier League, and also we'll talk hopefully lower league football because um, Leicester have got a, off to a good start at some point in <laughs> in the future. Um, a couple of English players playing a, abroad. Harry Kane obviously came on. He, he couldn't. They managed to lose. The, did you see that Danny almost goal though? I, I, I missed. It's a, a little bit Bergkamp-esque eh? talking about yeah. your. You, you compared yourself to him uh, <laughs> earlier on. Um, he scored a hat-trick in that game so well, he still hasn't got a, a, a trophy but it, it's all done over there Alan he's, yeah. he's definitely no, there was, now. we sat and watched it didn't we together on uh, Saturday evening and um, we're urging him to come on a bit sooner than he uh, than he did um, I know we joke about it and laugh about it etc because of the, the record but I do think it's the right move for him um, I do think he's given himself a great opportunity of winning the Champions League, which ultimately is what he wants to uh, what he wants to do. And him going there will only strengthen their case. I've been doing match of the day what three years now, three four years, yeah. and that's the happiest I've ever seen you <laughs> on Saturday. <laughs> Newcastle, won. Newcastle won. Kane was away. <laughs> you, you're normally a right boring twat. <laughs> <laughs> What do you mean, like yes, that? That's a bit, <laughs> that's a bit strong. Yeah. Isn't it? Well, that's uh, the happiest. Yeah. Be like that every week, please. Because okay. we had a great time, didn't we? It was great fun. It was, it was great. It was. We had a laugh all day long. Um, the other one I want to talk about is, is I I mean, I don't know whether you saw it, but I was I, I watched it because I watch a lot of Spanish football. Um, Jude Bellingham, oh. his, his, his La Liga debut for Real Madrid. I mean, boy, oh boy. He's, he's a monster, he isn't he? He's special. Oh. God. So special. I mean, he was bossing it. He was running the game. He was telling all these great players what to do, and he was super. How have we missed that talent? So obviously, he's at he's at Birmingham. He wasn't missed. Yeah, he but, wasn't missed. How how have we allowed him to go abroad? What do you mean? So, like early, a, so surely, early, but it's been really beneficial towards him. He's he's like he's he's been become mature very quickly. I think it was. I mean, Dortmund is a, and Germany is a great place. I think for, to emerge. I think his his education will be really good and probably better in terms of his football education I'm talking about I think it's, it's I, great I think what it's he's doing I think it's perfect I mean I know for a fact that Manchester United were desperately to try to sign him when he was up from Birmingham yeah. I know that for a fact yeah. um, and I'm sure other clubs were the same because I think you know for, for Birmingham to retire someone's shirt well, a 16 we year old I, we, yeah, but you it, sort of think oh this, there's, there's something that special on the way wasn't it? That, I, thought, yeah. I thought that was a bit over the top at the time you know but yeah. Who knows? Yeah, what a talent, Down what a player. Um, it's been brilliant for him. I mean, it's just worked out perfect for in, in terms of his decisions and what he's done. Um, and if you, you know what? If you didn't have a clue about football and you didn't know who he was, um, and you you would just if you and you were sat listening to to this lad talking, you'd think he's the most experienced, well educated, just a great lad. He just sounds. He sounds like his football. He sounds amazing. Um, clever, intelligent guy. Yeah, it really is impressive. It's going to be great watching his um, progress, um, not yeah. only for Real Madrid, but for, for England as well. Yeah, that's right, yeah. I also want to talk about um, the Lionesses. Um, semi-finalists now, played much better in the quarterfinal uh, against Colombia. Good victory there, coming from behind as well. And um, now they've got what they call them, the Matildas. Matildas. <laughs> the Aussies. The Aussies. That's, <laughs> and they... they you know, obviously nil nil with them, and they went on a penalty shootout, which so amazing scene. So I don't know, you saw the shot of the airplane where every single yeah. TV on this thing was on watching the shootout. I was yeah. watching the shootout. Um, that's what football does. It was the best performance, wasn't it? I thought it was from um, from what I, from what I saw. Uh, 
great character coming back from uh, from one nil down. Certainly will give them confidence. We all we all said about that they haven't played well, but that must be a good sign. Um, but I did think that was their best performance, and um, they're going to have to step up again, aren't they, against Australia? Yeah, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Like you remember, we, we talked about this. They've not played at the best, but I thought that was a good thing because when it clicked, yeah. it was only going to help. It's them. how you end the tournament. Exactly. Not how you start. It's how, yeah. How, yeah, yeah, exactly that. Um, yeah, but I actually give England a very good chance of of winning this now. Well, they're in the semi final, Mike. Yeah, but like normally you're thinking, yeah. oh. Or Spain, or yeah, this, yeah. or I'm not. Now I'm thinking, okay. Well, France have gone, Japan have we, gone. We can, we can win this. USA have gone. We can, we, we can mm. win this. Yeah. I, th- I think they've got a really good chance of actually yeah. bringing it home. Well, fingers crossed. We'll, we'll certainly be watching um, that one. Now, we're going to end this um, with something that we're going to do every week, and it's called uh, the moment of the weekend. Um, which we'll pick out. Um, it might be something serious. It might be something amusing. Um, this this week's I thought was quite amusing. Uh, Roy Hodgson's little touchline spat with Max Lowe. Uh, one of the most unlikely. Can we describe it as a pun shop? <laughs> oh, it was brilliant. It was wasn't class, it? wasn't it? Seventy six, and I see I seen his top lip go up <laughs> with the anger, and he wanted. It was. I mean, he didn't put his fists up, really, but you could see he was edging towards him. I texted him yesterday. You know, Roy. I texted him saying. I got, I got, I've got to tell you. I said I fucking loved what you did yesterday. He said I just got a bit carried away in the game, Alan. I apologise. I said no, it was brilliant. I loved it. It, it, it just amazing. shows you though, doesn't it? You know, because you, you always go Roy Hodgson, the manager, the coach. Always oh, seems like such a gentleman, such obviously <laughs> really intelligent, speaks well. Can't imagine him getting angry, but you know, you've got to have that side a little bit as a coach, and it came out even on that touchline spat, didn't it? There's a, there's a clip going round from years ago, and there's a, a guy at a stadium, he's like, do you want some? I'll give it to you. And it just reminds me <laughs> of, of, of that moment. I mean, was, people yeah. listening will, will will know what the, the, the clip is, but it was just brilliant. We want to see that. We want to see characters. Um, and for someone who's normally so cool to lose it, it's always good to see. <laughs> yeah, and, and before, 76. <laughs> brilliant. And before we go, we, we've got a, a fantasy team out. Mm. Uh, we, we've, we're playing the game. I, neither Alan nor myself have ever done it before. We're doing it as a team thing. We're relying very much on Micah's experience as a, as a massive fan of this. How are we doing, Micah? We're doing... Um, we tinkered a little bit. So when we first recorded it, yeah. I, was, I was finding a way to get Salah in, but I wanted Rashford and Madison... Mm. And we're doing all right. We're doing all right. We've got 71 points so far. Oh, right. That's not bad. And Rashford still to play yeah. tonight. So we should get over 80 points for the first week. It's very good. Come on, Marcus. Bring it on. Um, <laughs> Alan, Micah, thank you very much. And uh, thank you all for listening. And thank you too uh, for your amazing comments uh, in the first week, um, for your support and your love of the podcast. It's massively appreciated. Bye. Goodbye, all. Thank you. Cheers, lads. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York. You want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away? Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.